Welcome back to the Siding Lab, where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing. But today, our topics will be silly season rumors as we head into the doubleheader of Argentina and Texas. So a few days ago, we were having a bit of a conversation about this, about the 2023 season, because we got a bit, a bit excited and we got a bit ahead of ourselves. So we thought, why not make a whole podcast about it? So unfortunately, Jules and Carly couldn't be here, but we do have some of their predictions with us, basically, so we can talk about those as well, because they still wanted to get involved. But I think we should just jump straight into this with our predictions. So Ducati factory team, who are going to be their riders in 2023? It depends. I think Peko will stay there. Well, he signed a contract, so... Yeah, See, but I'm Peck, not Peck, doing this Peck based on contract. I'm doing this based on vibes. Okay, well, yeah. If we ignore the Peko has signed a contract for 2023, uh, yeah. Okay, if you want. Lauren has all the years in the contracts, and I'm doing this based on vibes. vibes. <laughs> Just um. Other than that, I don't know. I feel like Jack Miller might be heading out of MotoGP entirely. I'm not sure if Ducati has another seat for him, but I'm almost certain he won't stay in the factory team. I think Jorge is like the very obvious substitute for that seat, but also something to note, if Enea keeps up his performance that he's had from, like, especially in the first race, I think he could also have a very good shot at that seat. Yeah, definitely. I think Ine has actually really put his stamp and like brought his name into a conversation that I don't think many people were thinking about. I think a lot of people thought Jorge Martin was like a given, but with Ine's performances recently, you never know. But then I also think for next year, I think it will be, well, obviously Peko's staying, but I think it will be Jorge Martin as his teammate. But mostly based on the fact that Bashanini is with Grissini and that's a team that he's been with before. You know, it's a long running thing and he's there because of Fausto and, you know, the family vibes down at that garage. So I wouldn't see him moving from there in that sense. So I could maybe see Bashanini staying at Grissini, but Jorge Martin getting that that move up then rather than, than Bashanini is my thoughts on it. Yeah, and... Gracini have also proved that they can compete in yeah. the top spots. So if it truly is that, even like especially now that the Ducati performance has been a bit uh, for the start of the season, if he has an equal shot in Gracini, yeah. I don't see why he would change. I have Jorge Martin as the second Ducati rider as well, because. He had a really rocky start into the season, which isn't great. But at the same time, the races like Qatar or Indonesia aren't very representative of the rest of the season. And I think he will do better again once they get back to tracks that they know better, which aren't night races, like mainly being back in Europe and stuff. And he had a great season last year. If you're looking at it, he was rookie of the year, even though he missed four races after his crash, and he still managed to recover so well his 
like chase for the rookie of the year title so I don't see why he wouldn't deserve the seat yeah no a hundred percent I think you sort of forget that he missed four races last season as well and for the fact that he still won rookie of the year Jorge Morton for me is the the obvious option but just to mention Jules also picked Jorge Morton for this as well so I think it's a pretty unanimous decision between Jorge Morton or maybe possibly Enea Bastianini. So Ducati factory team ticked off the list. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, Pramac Ducati. What are your views and opinions for them? Who's going to be riding for them next year? I have written down Jack Miller. He will get a demotion from Ducati, obviously, since I put Jorge into Ducati seat. But I, based on the other predictions that I made, I don't like, I didn't find another spot for Jack. And I think he will rather keep his seat on a Ducati bike than Johan Sarko because Jack is proven race winner and he's still younger than Johan Sarko. So I see them maybe switch out Sarko for a younger rider, like younger. Jack, I mean. And as my second Pramac rider, I put Inea. I think it will be very hard for him to leave Grissini, but at the same time, it might be the right career choice if he wants to have a shot at the Ducati factory seat. The woman was Lauren... just done to speak. <laughs> Lauren um... just looks <laughs> disgusted. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen, but I didn't expect it so early on. <laughs> I like to be the controversial one of the group and not agree with everything possible. So my predictions for Pramac, I think Johan Sarko will stay. I wouldn't see Jack Miller taking a demotion back down to Pramac. I think in his head, he knows fine rightly that he deserves more than that and taking a step. What would be seen as a step down by going back to Pramac? I don't think it's something that Jack would want to do. Obviously, I don't, I don't know what the situation is, but it just doesn't seem right to me. So I do think that they'll keep Johan Zarco because he's a good pick and he's a good rider and he he is solid in his performances. You know, he had a good season last year. My second option is Bastianini as well. I do think it, it, it I echo back to what I said earlier with the Grissini thing. And I think that's exactly what you were saying as well. And like that, I think it would be very hard for him to move out of that family atmosphere of the Grissini team. But it is a stepping stone, I think, into the factory team. So it, it could be a move that we see. I, I, I think Bastianini could move to Pramac. And it is a better bike, I suppose. So in that sense, it, it would make sense. I, I know think they your... might. I think they might start off on the same bike, but Pramac gets the updates faster than Grissini. So at the end of the season, they Pramac will probably be better than Grissini again. I think Grissini's on the 21 bike. No? Oh, is, isn't Pramac as well? No, Pramac's 21. I'm so bike. confused right now. Yeah, this, see, this is the. <laughs> this Pramac is, the is on thing. the 22 bike. Yeah. And I think one of the V. Uh, Luca Marini's on the like 22. Bess is on the 20, yeah. 22 bike. And then Grissini and Bess are on the 21 bike. Yeah. I know it's a money what? choice to 
decide which team gets which bike and which rider gets which bike, but they couldn't make it a bit more, like, less complicated. Yeah, I'm very confused. <laughs> anyway, I know what are your opinions um, on Pramac Ducati? I'm, I kind of agree with you guys, but at the same time, not at you all. <laughs> oh, interesting. Go I, on. I think... I agree with Lauren in the sense of I think Jack will I because it's also a pride question I feel like because it would be a pride question to me like I think Jack would I mean obviously I'm not Jack so I can't talk for him but he would rather head out than take a step down Mm. um, to another like basically the satellite team and then I think Zarko will keep his seat he's done a solid job but he's also experienced so if Pramak wants to bring in new riders he's someone that they can learn from because he's won multiple championships obviously not in MotoGP but in the younger classes like he has Mm -hmm. the experience this is the part where I don't agree with you obviously like we said different teams get different updates uh during different times so mm-hmm. probably at the end of the season Pramac will be better than Grassini but if they are because obviously the Ducati 22 isn't proving to be as strong as everyone kind of thought it would at least from the start of the season so if Grassini continues to challenge the factory team and take possible wins I don't see why Enel would want to move out of the team yeah so this is hopeful thinking. <laughs> Obviously, Sele is also in my Omoto 2 fantasy team, so I want him to do well. But if he does a solid job, in a sense, I could, this, again, I know going based on vibes, but I could maybe see him moving, <laughs> moving up to MotoGP because this is his second year. He's not a rookie anymore. If he puts in solid performances, like he's done these first two races, I think he can have a shot at it. Do you know? I don't think you're. I don't think you've completely gone wild with that with that choice, considering that Peko Bagnaia is a VR forty six rider, and the fact that VR forty six team is on a Ducati bike, it could make sense that they bring another VR forty six rider into their camp, and that could be Celestino Vietti. I, I mean, it's. It is something that actually could happen. That's quite a plausible opinion, I'm not I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm agreeing with the Vietti thing, but I don't agree that Jack is too prideful to uh, leave MotoGP completely if he no. has the choice of getting a demotion. Because I think that the second Ducati seat will be one of the last decisions that will be made of all the other teams as well and I don't think that Jack will look elsewhere before he knows exactly that he will get kicked out of that team so his choice will probably be limited anyways and he's not a person who says oh you don't want me in Ducati anymore then I will just go to Australian superbikes or something like that. Yeah. I mean, no one would do that. Yeah, I think it's just... I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're just too petty. 
but it's the logical thing of it when I see Jack Miller and I see what he's done in the MotoGP paddock over the last few years I just I don't understand why he would take a demotion if a demotion is even on the cards like we we don't know that we obviously I would love to be a fly on on the garage wall of Ducati but unfortunately we're not but I think I know and I both agree that it is maybe not a pride thing or I don't know but if Ducati are saying go to Pramac I don't think he would do it because he's been at Pramac and he wants the factory seat why would he then take a step back I know it would mean it keeps him in the like in the paddock but it doesn't make sense and we obviously don't know what other offers are there if there are other offers but that's a very interesting one but shall we move on to Grissini I think we've pretty much we think that Fashionini probably will stay with Grissini any any thoughts well stay with Grissini or move to Pramac which is exactly what we've just said so I'm losing my mind I was like that's Wait a not second. my prediction <laughs> yeah so there's there's the prediction of he'll stay or he'll go to Pramac we both I think between the three of us agree on that but do we think Fabio Di Antonio will keep his seat in 2023 definitely I don't see them just switching him out this early in his career. I mean, it's his rookie year. Right now, we didn't see much of him, but there he's showing some promise to have a decent season this year. I don't see them just getting rid of him yet. I think it goes back to the family vibes, I think I called it earlier, at, at Grissini. Yeah, Fabio Di Giantoni is another rider that I think has worked with Grissini before in lower classes and bringing him up into MotoGP then just made sense obviously because they've worked together before um yeah I, I wouldn't see them kicking him out after one season I think that'd be pretty heartless of, of any team to be honest but yeah I think this could be a a long setup ride for him and hopefully he puts the performances in I'm really excited to see how his rookie season goes I do think he'll be be great and I think him and Bastianini are good teammates so I actually would like to see them both staying for a few years to sort of see how the team grows yeah um definitely and like we talked with Jorge earlier we've been to two tracks um Qatar and Indonesia that aren't like very common tracks per se like the riders don't know them uh so I think we'll probably see more solid and better performances from him when he gets used to the bike and he's back on the tracks that he knows and he's he has raced um on for a long time um also like lauren said about uh fabio digia um racing with grissini he made his moto 3 debut with the team and Mm. he for his entire moto 3 campaign he was with the team when he won the he was the vice champion in 2018 and if i'm not wrong he was with the team as well in moto 2 i don't have actually, it in my notes yeah. but i, I think yeah. i think he was mm-hmm. so he's like i don't know gracini protégé there it's like their child yeah so i can't <laughs> see them like sacking him yeah and i think with with nadia padovani obviously fausto's wife being the team boss you know she wants to continue that the same energy that was before obviously 
before we lost Fausto. So I think she thinks in a very similar way and she knows these riders and they've grown together. So I love the vibes down at Grissini, to be honest. And I think they'll want to keep it that way for as long as possible. And they're two really, really lovely and good riders. So yeah, big hopes for Grissini in 2023. Okay, Alec, what do you think then? Because Alec's the one that's disagreed with Aino and I saying that that Bestia, Bestia, uh, that Bashanini is going to move. Go for it, Anik. Give me some wild yeah. predictions here. I think if Bastianini moves, they need to fill another place in Grissini. So they will go with the obvious choice. And that's for me, Celestino Vietti. I mean, he really deserves to move up. He's had such a strong starting to the season and I don't see him do any worse. Well, maybe his performance drops off a bit. He can't finish every race on the podium, but I think he can do very well this season. And yeah, his ties to Valentino Rossi being a VR46 uh, Academy rider. It's kind of, it has its perks, I would say. Hmm. Lots of Vietti to Ducati then is the vibes I'm getting here. Yeah, it's either Bastianini to Pramac and Vieri to Grassini, or Bastianini stays at Grassini and Vieri will go to Pramac. I like it. It's, I like it. <laughs> it's the same people, just a big switcheroo for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We just hit, again, this is us having the one collective brain cell yeah. that's hitting shuffle. <laughs> all these predictions are the same. Anyway. Swiftly moving on to the last of the 8 million Ducatis on the grid, we have VR46. Now, I don't see any changes happening anytime soon in the VR46 garage, considering we have Luca Marini and Marco Bezzecchi. Any thoughts on that? Does anyone think that that team's going to change in 2023? I don't think they'll change. I, I mean... Obviously, it's a sport and it's a business, so you have to be cutthroat. But how are you going to explain at family dinners if you kicked your brother out? Yeah, that's going to be pretty awkward. (laughs) Sorry, I fired you. Like, no, I couldn't handle that. Imagine also being the mom at that point. (laughs) I think that could be a problem a few years down the line Mm. once there are new people, new talents moving up. Luca is doing his part he's doing okay but he's not doing incredibly well and he either has to improve his performance or there will be awkward conversations about him keeping his seat in the family but I think and that's like I think he probably knows at this point you know until he'd moved up to MotoGP you know, I think he's he's made his mark. You know, he was really good in Moto Two, and he had the chance of winning the championship, and unfortunately lost out because he, he crashed out of a few races near the end of this twenty twenty season. But like, I think Marini is a very very good rider, and we know that. It's just he, I think he's found the step up to Moto GP quite difficult, and he hasn't been on the best machinery. So I think hopefully, with the VR forty six team now being their own team rather than just sponsoring a bike. Hopefully they can put time and effort into the bike and, you know, develop it. And I do think that himself and Bezeki will grow into the rules. And I think that they could be competitive 
in a few years. I just don't think it's going to happen straight away. They're a new team. They need to learn these things. And I do think it'll take a bit of time, but I could see this partnership being there for quite a few years, definitely. The problem <laughs> that I see is you, all the riders on the grid are good riders. Yeah. But that's not enough in MotoGP. If you're moving up to MotoGP, you have to be exceptional. And that's not, I, to be honest, I don't see it yet for Luca. I hope he will be able to do a step up, but I'm not sure about it. I think with jeans, like he has, there's talent in there somewhere. Like there's world championship winning potential in there. Like you have to be. I mean, obviously, Luca was a very talented writer in the junior classes. Does he have time to get competitive in MotoGP? That's the question because especially the VR46 team, they have a lot of talent coming up and they they're just like there's so many of them does he have the time or will he be like quickly quick quick enough to become competitive as well but the other thing is we've seen with some riders we talked about Johan Sarko before and then even riders like Dani Pedrosa that are very like talented obviously and like performed well in the junior classes but kind of never won the ultimate title in or maybe even won a race in the like premier class so sometimes it just like you can be exceptional in the junior classes and I'd say especially Danny Pedrosa was exceptional in the MotoGP class but like sometimes it just doesn't translate yeah it, it doesn't and then there's sometimes. also the other way around the other way around as well because Fabio's junior career wasn't like anything spectacular yeah. I mean it was good it was stellar but like and now he's a world champion yeah so. he had tough years I remember watching Fabio when he first came into into the class like I, I know this that's how it goes but I just think with these two riders in VR46 they're both so young I mean Marco Bezzecchi I think is around about my age 21 22 maybe even younger than that I don't know and Marini I think is 24 or something that's so young like I just, I, MotoGP seems to have started this thing where a lot of riders are coming in so young now, where it feels like they're coming in really young. And then when you see Luca Marini and you think, oh, he's in his second season, oh, you know, he should be performing right now. He's 24 or 25 or whatever age he is. And it's like, he should have, you know, so many years to perform. I don't know. I, I'd like to see him get the opportunity the same with with Bizaki as well but I'd like to see this partnership go on for for quite a few years okay so now we've managed to get through all of the Ducatis I think it is only best now that we move on to the Monster Energy Yamaha MotoGP team news views and opinions folks what do we think is going to happen over there in 2023 I mean Frankie still has the contract that goes until Mm -hmm. 2023 so there's one seat that is already taken. Mm-hmm. And I think that Fabio will extend his contract for one more year because he wants to give Yamaha another chance to improve the bike. And I think he is actually very fond of the team, 
of all the people in the team he's he feels very comfortable there and they've given him no they didn't give him his first championship he gave them the championship but at the same time it was still like a team effort and I don't see him leaving just yet you give me a heart attack there because the way you started that I was like you're gonna say Fabio's away and I was gonna come straight in and be like no (laughs) so yeah I agree I definitely agree obviously Frankie has the seat um one of the seats I should say but I do think Fabio will stay I know a lot of people were jumping to the he's gonna move and he said himself I'm gonna move if the bike's not there but I think he was just saying that to create a bit of buzz and to I think to put a lot of people off as well I know the bike didn't perform in Qatar but it performed in Indonesia and he was on the podium so I think there was a little bit of you know like twisting going on when he said he would move teams I do think he's very loyal to Yamaha and I'd be very very surprised if he did decide to move I think from what I see he would like to to ride out his career with Yamaha basically and have a very long and successful career with the one team which most riders most riders do I think he would like to win multiple championships on Yamaha so I wouldn't see him moving anytime soon even with those comments made yeah and it might have been those comments to kind of push the engineers at Yamaha yeah. not even to create any type of media bus but to get the team to notice and be like oh we're gonna lose him yeah I think in the long run though if the bike doesn't improve at all I think he will switch out but like you said even though the bike didn't perform in Qatar it did perform in Indonesia there's still a long season ahead of us you never know um and I think something that also plays a part into it is like legacy stuff obviously Fabio looks up to Valet a lot Mm. and you like to think that oh they just want to think think about themselves and like oh this is the best thing for me but there are emotional connections to teams and to legacies of other riders that they want to uphold or want to recreate and yeah I think that also will play play a part to that yeah I mean Fabio is on we say he's on Valentino Rossi's bike but when he moved into the Monster Energy team obviously Maverick Vinales was still there so he was taking Valentino Rossi's seat as such at at Yamaha so that had to play something into it and in my mind if I was Fabio I'd be like oh my god I am on Valentino Rossi's seat like I'm on his bike sort of thing and he's won all these championships I know it's not like that and it's obviously it's not the same bike sort of thing but it sort of feeds into that legacy thing that you were talking about I know you know there's such a buzz around that Yamaha bike and when you think Yamaha you think Valentino Rossi and what I imagine imagine Fabio is thinking is that same thing that when you think Yamaha you're gonna think Fabio Quattararo it it makes sense in that sense I think the same would go for Frankie Morbidelli though as well I think it's only right for him you know Italian rider in the VR46 squad he wants to live that legacy of being like Valentino Rossi on that Yamaha it makes sense to me and I I wouldn't I wouldn't see any of them wanting to move anytime soon but you never know we have rnf yamaha up next so andrea davizioso's contract ends at the end of 2022 i think darren bender will stay 
at RNF Yamaha. I think they have invested in him for the long run. I think, I think, I think. But here is where I am going to throw a little spanner in the works. I think Top Rack will move. No. RNF Yamaha. Nope. His manager <laughs> will say no. He will not go to RNF. They will only accept the factory seat. Yes, well, I know that. I know Keenan Safoglu has living vicariously through Top Rack, basically. And I know that he will only want the best for Top Rack. But in my dreams, I'd like to see him in, in MotoGP. And at the minute, if Fabio and Frankie both stay in the factory team, there is no other place for Top Rack and MotoGP apart from the RNF team. So I would like to see him there. No, but okay. We talked about it with Jack. I'm sorry, Anik. With Jack, it might not be a pride thing. With Toprak, it is a pride thing, and it's not even his pride. It's his manager's pride. Yeah. So. <laughs> I like Toprak is the problem, though, and I think he's great in World Superbikes. And I would like to see this different switch of World Superbikes where rather than MotoGP riders who maybe haven't quite made it get moved. A lot of people say move down into World Superbikes. I'd like to see it the other way around where we get the champions from World Superbikes into MotoGP. I mean, they race twice as many races in the season. You know, they race so much every year. I think it would just be really, really interesting to have it to have it flipped and have the world champion of World Superbikes move into MotoGP to see how he fares. I'd, I really want to see him in the class. I would love to see Toprak on the RNF bike, but I just don't see it happening. One can dream. What are you thinking then, Anik, if not if not top rack? I know, yeah, well. Um, I'm with you on the Darren Binder thing. Mm-hmm. I think he will do better than expected this season, but that's maybe also because people didn't have any expectations when he joined. Yeah. So they will give him an, at least another year to prove himself. Mm-hmm. For my second seat, I know you will not improve like approve of it but i put raul fernandez there oh no but (laughs) i'm saying this so like no but the reason why i'm saying no to raul fernandez to yamaha is because of the whole hoo-ha that happened last season when yamaha wanted raul and ktm basically went lol no so i just know i don't know i think Mm. it's because of that where he might decide to move to with you because if you're looking at it tech three isn't like the best team to get great performances if you look at it last year we had Igor Corona and Danilo Petrucci on the bike both kind of finished at the same level of points which wasn't very much they were around something around the 40s and the 40s points mm. and you had a rookie and a very seasoned rider and both couldn't perform on this bike this year we have two rookies there were only two races right now but both didn't do great in these races and if you're looking at it both Dovi and Darren finished in the points already which is yeah. definitely right now a better bike and I think there were tensions with Raul and KTM already. If the bike's not performing the way he wants to, 
he will take this personally. I feel like Raul is a bit like Olaish character wise, where he's very passionate and he's a good person, but at the same time, he has some not anger issues, but he also not anger issues. <laughs> his mm. he's a bit more livid in his opinionated person. Yeah, opinionated. <laughs> and, I I think yeah. with the Raul thing, though, you're saying top rack and pride and wanting factory seats. I think that Raul Fernandez is exactly the same. I don't as much as I would love to see top rack there. I think he probably won't because of the it's not a factory ride i think the exact same thing for raul fernandez why would he move satellite team to satellite team when he is a a championship contender i think on the right bike i i also think that raul would be striving for the yamaha factory seat rather than rnf but i think that in the long run if raul switches to Yamaha to a Yamaha bike right now mm -hmm. his chances of being longer or in the factory seat are higher than in KTM because if you're looking at the KTM talents that are following like Pedro Acosta also Augusto Fernandez Remy is a great rider they have so many good riders already that are so young just on the verge of moving up whereas Yamaha they kind of just pick and choose the people that they move up. It's a bit weird. They don't have like this group of riders that are that they are nurturing from class to class. But I think a problem with that was the fact that Patronus pulled their sponsorship out because they did used to have that talent pool in the Moto3 and the Moto2, but obviously it's not there anymore. But I think that's something we could talk about all day. I know. Do you have yeah. a bold prediction for RNF? Please tell me you have something, something good. Um, I think I'm going a bit back to Raul. I mean, obviously, I think it's possible because the contract that Yamaha offered Raul never actually breached Raul. KTM blocked it. They said no. And I don't think it was never actually even like shown to Raul, like, here's a contract. Think about it, bestie. Um, <laughs> and also with KTM, and I think we'll talk about it more when we come to the construction team, like Lauren said, they have so much talent and his chances being at the top at the factory team will be better with Yamaha. And right now, obviously, KTM might improve for this season, but as well, looking at the performance of performances of last year, being at the factory team wasn't like, you know, a treat, like they weren't doing that well either. I think Darren Binder might stay. Like, you know, it's a 50-50. So I think he might stay, but people, like, didn't have any expectations for him. So he will exceed them yeah. no matter what he does. Because KTM also forced Raul to move up a year earlier than he wanted to. So there's probably some, like... Because obviously, like Anik said, Raul is very passionate in general. And he, like has a lot of emotions and he expresses those emotions. So I think he might hold even unconsciously a grudge, especially because he's not pro uh, performing that well right now that he probably would be if he was still in um, Moto2. So that maybe internal grudge about you made me do this and now I'm not living up to this. All this expectation that was put on me, I think he might want to move teams 
Um, no. Um, it's a it's a hard no for me, which we all expected. I think I just wanted to see something different. I do completely agree with everything that you guys have said 100%. When you're saying 50-50 on Dolby and Raul, though if I had to pick between those two, I do think it would be Raul. Just for the fact that Dolby is 36 now. Not saying he's over the hill, but he's had a year out and now he's back. And yeah, he is. He's like the the old man of the grid. But I just, yeah, I think Dobby's on his way out, which is sad to see. I do think, obviously, when he was with Ducati, he was a fantastic rider and should have won the championship a few times if Mark Marquez hadn't have been about. But yeah, if, if I had to pick between those two, it would definitely be Raul. But top rack. Just just think about it just think about no. it well, yes don't tell that <laughs> no. to us tell that to his manager we're not yeah Kanan Safoglu wherever you are right now top rack RNF he doesn't need a factory seat if he gets in and proves everyone wrong then he can have a factory seat but he needs to make the move now or else he will never make the move yeah so there we go something we're a bit passionate on there so so, since we've talked about Raul Fernandez so much I think it's only right that we now head over to the Red Bull KTM let's start with the KTM factory racing team then folks Brad Binder Miguel Oliveira thoughts well Brad still has a contract until 2024 I think Mm -hmm. yeah the end of 2024 as well so it's a long one so he will definitely not leave and this might be also a bit controversial, but I think they will keep Miguel Oliveira as well. Mm. He is so inconsistent lately, but he's also incredible on a good weekend, but absolutely nowhere on a bad one. But at the end of the day, he has won races this year, last year. He has given them some really good results. And all he needs to improve on is become a bit more consistent. Because last year, the second half was just... Uh, I don't have Horrendous. words for how bad it was. <laughs> but if he, if he gets that under control, he's a great rider. And he could be a very consistent point scorer for KTM. I think... This is a bit controversial as well. I think KTM made a mistake with signing Brad Binder for so long. I think any team who signs a rider for that long, that's a lot of it's a lot of trust to put into your rider. And I'm not trying to slate Brad Binder in any sense of the way because he has been fantastic in these first two races of the season and he's definitely proving that he deserves to be in MotoGP, which I do agree with. I just I think with such a solid contract with so many people moving like with so many people in the lower classes in KTM who are so good it really just cuts off options for so many younger riders because the contract just isn't going to be there because Brad Bender has it until the end of 2024 I I think it cuts off a lot of ties for for KTM themselves as well like young riders don't have an option they can't offer the young riders anything so I don't know but Yes, Brad Bender will, will be there in 2023. But I don't think Miguel Oliveira will be there in 2023. This is my bold, bold prediction. I think this is probably my boldest prediction. Augusto Fernandez is going to move up. And I don't know why. And I sort of just did it for a wee bit of fun. <laughs> but I was like, out of Remy and Raul, 
at the minute, one hasn't performed better than the other. So if you move Miguel out of the team, when you look back and you look at Remy and Raul, neither one of them have really put their hand up and gone, I am here. You know, they're both midfield at the minute. So in my mind, if Augusto puts in a good Moto 2 season, maybe wins it, has a good a good run at KTM, then I think it's a viable option that if Miguel Oliveira loses his seat, that Augusto Fernandez will replace him. I know it's a bit out there, but I know I can see Ido smiling at me. <laughs> I know it's losing it right now, like internally. <laughs> I knew she'd like that one. To be honest, I hadn't even thought about that. Love that for me. Um, the biggest Augusto fan on this whole podcast. <laughs> no thought into that at all. I mean, obviously, like you guys said, Brad has a contract. I think that also plays why plays into why me and Anik were talking about Rahul maybe going to Yamaha yeah. because they just don't have that option to move up. Um, I think it might the difference between Raul and Remy might start showing a bit more when mm. once we get back to the circuits that they know and like yeah basically back to Europe so maybe after that if Miguel loses his seat honestly like Anik said he's so inconsistent that even if he's very very good on a good day like we saw in Indonesia is that enough in a factory seat to make up for the fact that on a bad day he's basically it's very bad. bad yeah yeah so it's like it's never in the middle it's always like amazing or then it's like but I actually I'm what a surprise I'm very fond of that Augusto prediction I think it could be great because also compared to Pedro who's had about I think Lauren said it somewhere he's had about six million long lap penalties in the span of two races so obviously it's hard to settle into a new class and he said that he wanted to stay in Moto2 at least for two years Augusto has that experience he's been in MotoGP Moto two for longer, I think he could very well make that step up if I he also, has a good season. I also thought the whole point of moving him, considering Augusto had been on the Mark VDS bike before, I thought the sideward step to Red Bull KTM was the whole reason. Like they're why else would they sign him unless they wanted him to progress? You know what I mean? Surely they want all of their riders to eventually progress up through the classes. So if they made that sideward signing of Augusto Fernandez rather than bringing him up through the classes, then surely they want him to go to MotoGP, which would make the most sense to me then by putting him in to MotoGP. I know probably it would make sense that he goes to the Tech 3 team and maybe one of Raul and Remy goes to the factory team, but it is based on performances and performances only. So if Remy and Raul don't perform, why not give Augusto a shot? Like, let him prove himself. Yeah, and didn't didn't Brad also step up straight? At, watch me just steps again based on that. Didn't Brad also step up straight to the factory team? Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. So yes, Miguel. <laughs> yeah, no. Tech three. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think he did. Yeah. 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 So it has happened, and it is possible. Obviously, it's up to Augusto then to perform. after that if it happens but I think it's actually very possible okay yeah no I agree is there any other option that you had for that seat or are you just gonna 
Are you just going to say yellow? And I like your predictions. <laughs> um, if K- my only one was if KTM continues the same attitude that they did with Raul, one of Raul and Remy moves up to the factory team, but or gets moved up to the Tech Three team because also KTM is very fond of Pedro, obviously. Yeah. Like he, he's an incredible talent, but I don't know. They can't force riders to move up classes forever. Like yeah. at some point, someone will be like, "Hey, this is a bit." The yeah. only thing I was thinking about is how strong are the junior classes ties with the factory teams because isn't Aki Ayo the one who just decides who he wants to sign does um, KTM have much say in that I'm not sure I'm not sure about the whole thing um Aki Ayo obviously likes Pedro Acosta a lot as well considering he has sort of nurtured him and, and brought him up and Pedro talks very very highly of him so I would be very surprised if if Pedro strayed although we'll get to that because I will mention that later but yeah, depending on how the teams are formed and who has the biggest say, I think definitely depends on who gets picked at KTM. But let's move on to Tech 3 then. I'm pretty certain that both Remy and Rural will stay in 2023, which isn't a bold prediction. I just think that this season is going to be tough for them both. I think that K- Tech 3 KTM bike is just not there. And I think this is going to be a really, really hard season for them both, but they both will benefit from it and be a better riders for it. So hopefully if they can get through this tough year, then they can start to progress. And you never know, offers may come in from other teams or they may they may get that move up to the factory team. But for 2023, it's not really a silly season prediction, but I think Remy and Raul are going to stay. I think Remy will stay at least. Raul, like I said before, it might be uh, English. He might be going to Yamaha. Yeah. And then depending a bit, it might be Augusto stepping in. It might be Pedro. Um, At this point, it might be anyone. It could be anyone at this point. I was going to say, can Pedro even move up? But he, he will be 18 this year. So, yes, he will be able to move up. And he is 14 days younger than I am, so. I can call him a child. He's a child. (laughs) What a baby. Uh, Anik, any predictions on Tech 3? Do you think anything major is going to happen down there? We were saying that we think Rem and Merle are going to stay. Well, since I put Raul in the With You RNF team, I I think Remy is staying in Tech 3. Mm -hmm. And I think Augusto will go to Tech 3. Because he is, as we already mentioned before, he's incredibly talented. And I also think he will do, like, he will have great, he will show great performances on a heavier bike since he's very tall. He has these broad shoulders, which, of course, if you, I know, and I already had that conversation after after Qatar when there was this three or four people battle for the last seat, last seat, last podium <laughs> place. And when you saw him fighting against uh, Ayogura, who is very light, even though it's not as bad as in Moto3, Moto2 bikes are still, it. your weight makes a difference. And I think yeah. if he goes to MotoGP, he will excel. Hmm. I hope for him. Well. Okay. Okay. Let's jump on over to 
Repsol Honda then. I have some bold ones here. And I think you're all going to fall out with me when I tell you what they are. <laughs> I already can guess which one of your predictions is. And I already know that I don't agree with you on it. So what is it? What do, you think, what do you think it is? You, you will say that Mark has to retire. That's yeah. a team <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. And I don't agree with it. But just go on. We will come back to it okay, later. Okay. So I think in 2023, Honda's going to be a bit cutthroat, I think. So firstly, though, I, I do think Mark Marquez is going to retire. I just don't see it lasting i think this season when he comes back it will happen again these crashes it's inevitable he can't seem to find the limit and when he does find the limit it slingshots him off that bike and he's having the most horrendous crashes and it's only going to be so long until he injures himself beyond repair so in my sense, this will be the last season for Mark Marquez. It, it can't keep happening, basically. He will seriously injure himself. On the other hand, with saying Honda are going to be cut through, I think they're going to really be cut through. I think if Mark Marquez goes, they're going to want to reinvent themselves, basically. So I also think that they're going to get rid of Paul Espargaro. Just throwing it out there. I know it's crazy. But to replace both riders... I think that Joanne Mir will move to Honda from Suzuki. And I think that Honda will sign Pedro Acosta. And that's my two riders for, for Honda in 2023. I I'm don't even know where to start right now. To leaving this call, like right this second. Can we add a visual for people? Is that when I said that both of you had your head in your hands? <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how well received that prediction went i think we have to dissect lauren's entire statement so we will probably start discussing why she got rid of mark why she gets rid of paul and why she chose the other two riders <laughs> so starting off with mark there's 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 just so much wrong so with, with mark, this with mark though surely you agree in the sense that this can't keep happening i know he's a racer and he's going to want to come back and he will come back but I think it will get to a stage and it's scary to even think about that he is going to have a crash so bad that he can't come back from it. It's it's inevitable, I think, in my, in my mind. I The problem is with Mark, I don't want to see him retire on a basis where he doesn't have reached all... Well, he has reached everything that there is, but at the same time, Ending your career with an injury isn't something that you wish on anyone. No, not so in your own I terms. Really, yeah, I really hope that he will recover well from his diplopia right now, that he kind of finds this feeling in the front that he's missing, that he's talked about last weekend, and that he can have some consistent results. He doesn't have to win another championship, but just like finishing his entire career on his own terms not on a crash and I'm trying to be positive about it and hope that he can come back next season that he will do whatever Mark does which is to show us incredible performances create a bit of controversy seeing him celebrate seeing him cry I mean he 
whether you love him or you hate him, he is a personality in MotoGP. Maybe not as much as Valentino Rossi, but he is still the face of MotoGP right now. And I do hope to see him stay. Also, he still has the contract until 2024. And I don't think that Honda will get rid of someone who gave them so many championships. No, I I do agree with that. And I know Honda value Mark a lot, but Honda also have to come in at some point. Like last weekend, he was out in qualifying, destroyed a bike, got back to the garage, went out on a second bike and then destroyed that bike. There's only so much Honda can take in that sense. And I think eventually that will come to head as well over the the fact that he just crashes every weekend multiple times a weekend it's not sustainable in any way so that's also something to think about no but I think if Mark were to leave after this season it would be something on his part so either obviously hopefully not but either he crashes or he decides himself to retire Honda are they have like we talked about they have this loyalty to Mark Mm -hmm. obviously for multiple reasons they haven't really like with Honda you see a pattern of champion champions basically that are with the team for certain period of time and usually that is pretty long um also you look back mcduhan i think he came back with repsol honda when he came back from his injury and that took a long time so they've done it before why wouldn't they do it again with mark and this might be a bit controversial but even if mark crashes every weekend and they have to replace a rider i think honda would more likely kick Paul out than Mark even though Mark would be putting in worse performances mm. because they know Mark can do it and he has done it for them like they in a sense they owe, owe that to Mark well yeah Mark has brought them the glory like they have been dominating for nearly 10 years now so I think yeah, their loyalties will always lie with Mark and not with Paul. I think if anyone's going to get shafted at any point, it will be Paul Spargo and not Mark Marquez. But what I, I think Marquez will end the contract, basically, and it will either be on his terms of I'm retiring or, like we've mentioned, hopefully not a career-ending crash, I think, because it, it's not sustainable. But yeah, it, it is, if we... If he's, we also, he's also only 29, I mean, he isn't even 30 yet, so he also, he could even take off an entire year just to recover and then come back. Oh, but that would mean my predictions would be wrong for next year. (laughs) He basically did that, though, when he had his big crash and he missed the entire 2020 season. He's done it and come back. It's not, it's it's not feasible. Look at his season. His last season was pretty good i mean people said oh it wasn't as great but he missed four races he won three he finished ahead of i think he finished sixth in the standings while missing four races being injured and everything he can do it if he if he sets his mind to it and 
if they got everything figured out with the bike, I believe that he can come back. But if you look at it, when he crashed at the end of last season and his diplopia came back, he missed Portimao and Valencia. And then there was questions about whether or not he would be riding at the first test of the season, which was in February. So you have to think from October to February, he had an injury where he couldn't ride. How many months is that? November, December, January. So you're saying three-ish months where he didn't ride. If he, ha- well, he, he does have diplopia again. Is he going to be out for another three months now? You know, if that's, that's the case. This season. That's not the if prediction. That's the case, it's not sustainable. <laughs> you can't come back from it. I just, I don't want to have to witness something bad happening because he wants to keep coming back. Yeah, that's really. I mean, if it, he is out, if he is out for three months, that means a big fat paycheck for for Stefan Bradl, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm sure he he doesn't mind. <laughs> but I I think we could talk about this topic all day, though. This is something that is a big one because I think it's so no, relevant. we haven't dissected. We've dissected only the Mark part. That's of what I'm saying. Prediction. I think it's time to move on to Paul and Magaro before he gets completely forgotten about in this conversation. <laughs> okay. As always, Paul is always the forgotten child. Literally. I mean, he's the lesser known as Bargaro brother. He's the lesser known HRC writer. I think we should start a hashtag justice for Paul. Yeah. Justice for Iker and justice for Paul. Yeah. Oh yeah, justice for Iker Lagoda. I, yeah. I stand by that. But... I'll stand by that too. Okay, so with Paulus Bagro, I think the prediction of him leaving Honda was based on that if Mark's not there, they will get rid of Paul to reinvent themselves, to really come into a new age of Repsol Honda, start afresh, basically, which I think clarifies my decision and makes sense in my head. Starting afresh, really. Well, since I... My predictions were that Mark would stay and Paul would stay. I told you why I thought Mark would stay. But with Paul, right now, he's not a wow factor rider where you just you see him, you think, oh, yeah, he will get pole position after pole position, podium after podium. He's not that right now, but I think he can be more reliable than last season. Last season, the bike wasn't to his liking it was his first year at Honda I mean you can forgive him that but this year he we've seen it at KTM he is good at working with a team helping them develop a bike and they've they have made big steps forward since last year and I think a lot of that is thanks to Paul um also Bravo said that the bike is completely different and he of course as a um development rider he also had a lot of work done there but I think having someone like Paul a rider who knows to express what is missing what can be improved on how to improve it it's he is valuable not just for the results he's bringing but also his work behind the scenes in the team Sounds like yeah but no <laughs> Yeah, but he can take a walk, basically. Take a hike. Wait till you hear some of my other predictions. So, Lauren isn't isn't justice for Paul. 
that's good to know for future <laughs> I just it is it is only if Mark doesn't come back I think Paul will stay if Mark stay you know like I, I just I, I'm thinking in my head like some reinvention reinvention they are a package deal at Veda either both of them or none of them yeah I don't know <laughs> I, I see it that way I think with the other one of your predictions um with Pedro um I think he might be moving towards Honda's camp maybe obviously KTM has a lot of talent especially now that even Augusto got signed stuff like that um and very little seats with Brad's contract and all because at the end of the day Yes, Pedro is very fond of KTM, but to me, it's always kind of seemed that he's more fond of the Ayo family than KTM. So it's probably that Aki wants to keep Pedro, and then KTM is kind of like, we'll keep you too then. But if he wants to get a GPC, I don't know if it if it'll be with Honda or with KTM. But I just, I've... I'm sorry, I don't know if I see it happening next year, especially with Pedro saying that he wants to stay in um, the two for two years. Pedro also has a contract with KTM, which I'm a bit like worried about because he has a three-year contract with two being in Moto2 and one being in MotoGP. So basically he has a guaranteed MotoGP seat right now. But... Yeah, also the step up to Repsol Honda. Obviously, a lot of riders have done it like straight from Moto2 to Repsol. It's been a mark. Was it Danny as well that did it like a straight step up and stuff like that? And even I think Vala did it when he came to the 500cc class. But mm-hmm. And Alex Marquez, obviously, as well. But I'm not sure if they would promote him straight into that. Because also when you compare it to Mark, who got obviously the Repsol C straight away he was the Honda protege like they had like geared him up from the beginning like it was their child etc so yeah no I I agree with everything you've said there I think my reasoning behind Pedro definitely echoes on the there's not enough space at KTM and they would really have to do someone dirty to bring Pedro up basically and for the fact in my head KTM isn't a competitive bike it's not a championship contender yet okay they've done well in the first two races of the season but they're still nowhere near winning the championship they're a long long way out and by the time Pedro Acosta gets to MotoGP whether it be next year or the year after I still don't think their development their development isn't going fast enough basically so it's still not going to be a championship contending bike by the time Pedro gets to MotoGP so that's why I went with Repsol Honda there has been some buzz about it as well I think I've I've read about it and I've heard other people talking about it so it's obviously something that's being spoken about and to me it makes the most sense because you're saying about the Mark Marquez he was the prodigy of Repsol Honda What's from stopping Honda taking Pedro and making them this new prodigy, basically? I know he's super young and we shouldn't be trying to push him up into it, but he has the talent. He showed us he has the talent. And 
if the bike is good, which it seems to be, they've made a real step up this season, then I think Repsol Honda is back to its championship winning ways. And why wouldn't you want to go to a team that has won so many championships, has nurtured Marc Marquez the way that they did? Like, if I was Pedro Costa, I'd be jumping at that Repsol Honda seat. I would have already had my name signed, to be honest. I do have to agree that if they don't keep either Mark or Paul, the most logical next option would be to get Pedro. Yeah. And even though it might be a bit early for him to move up after just one year in Moto3, one year in Moto2, it would be too early. But at the same time, he is one of these people that you know, even though it might be too early in the first season, at least the second season, on the HRC bike, he would do incredible. So I do agree with you, you on can, that. You can look back at it though when you look at the likes of like Fabio, who was moved up and no one thought he was going to do anything until he, he got up the ranks, but he came in and absolutely smoked the place and he only lost out to Mark Marquez himself. So there's a lot of riders that can do it. Mark Marquez obviously came in one in his rookie season I'm not expecting Pedro to come in and just ride rings around everyone I'm expecting him to come into Honda and have a long career that plays out very similar to Mark Marquez I expect a lot of dominance and I do think it's gonna happen to be honest agree disagree yeah and <laughs> and I mean at this point we know how much I love um MotoGP history yeah. when you look at it Alex Crave first MotoGP champion um that who was Spanish also with Honda and Crave and Pedro they seem to be fairly close so I think if there was the chance he would probably also kind of urge him to the way of Honda because like we talked with Yamaha and Vale how it affects both uh Fabio and Frankie, I think things like that play a bigger part than maybe some like to admit or yeah. want to even look at. But the history just matter and legacies and stuff like that, wanting yeah. to uphold that. So I think with my prediction of Johan Mir to Honda was based, again, I've definitely heard someone say it and I've read it somewhere that it is definitely a rumor that has gained a bit of traction. I think it is, again, based on Suzuki's performance. If Alex Rins puts in a strong performance and Suzuki start putting their energy into Rins again, then I think Mir will move. Basically, if Suzuki don't have a good season, Mir's out of there because I don't think he thinks that it's as good of a bike as it was in 2020 when he won the championship. And obviously, I think he only won because no one else really made that step up I don't think you know Mark Marquez had crashed out and everyone crapped themselves basically and was like oh my god now we have a real shot of winning the championship which is the way I've seen it so I think with Mir he he wants a challenge and he wants a good bike to do it on and I just I think he maybe sees his time with Suzuki running out maybe yeah I think a lot of, we could talk about it all day, but at the end of the day, it will probably, most of the contracts will be decided mid-season, 
once we see how the teams perform, how the riders perform individually. So I actually thought that Suzuki might step it up this season yeah. with some developments and updates on the bike. And that's the reason why Mir might stay at Suzuki. But at the end of today, it's really difficult for me to say right now. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Should we move on to LCR then? I think that I knew the Honda one was going to be the one to get the most reaction yeah. out of you guys. So should we go down to the LCR team? Well, for the LCR team, I I actually went, uh, they need to reinvent themselves a bit, Road. I did a wee and bit, yes, me too. So I switched out both riders for the Itamitsu team. It breaks my heart to get rid of Taka to see him go, but I, I think he... It really hurts me to say that because I already mentioned several times that I really, I've grown so fond of Taka. I really like him. He's very unproblematic. Mm -hmm. He's living his best life. He's just, he's a great person. But seeing how Ayogura performs right now in Moto2, I think that might be the choice for them. He is young for the Idemitsu team. They will probably prefer to have an Asian rider in their team. <clears throat> and yeah, I think sadly it might be time for Taka to go because the results really aren't where they should be. And for the Castrol seat, Alex, he's he also has the same problem as Alex Rince has. I think it's um, an Alex problem because <laughs> if you're looking at it, Alex Vince, Alex Marcus, they've been crashing left, right, and center last season. It was, you couldn't even like look away from the skiing five seconds, and one of the both, one of those two were off the bike. It was very difficult for them. And Alex also didn't start the season great right now, but who's been very great at Moda 2 right now is Aaron Kanat. And that's the, pe the person that I want to see on that seat. Oh my um, god. Oh. Um I'm gonna say this about Taka first. Uh he's also surprisingly old. Yeah. I thought this man was like 24. He's 30. Excuse me, I know, but you can't comment on someone's age here. Oh, I agree with I know. I'm not gonna lie. I thought Takanakagami was a lot younger mm. than what he was. And I'm not again, it's not like Oh my god, he's 30, he's so old. I just think, you know. He is old, but it's okay. <laughs> we still love you, Taka. Oh, I just, yeah. I'm Taka, gonna, we love you. No, I'm going to butt in and agree that I don't think either Alex Marquez or Taka have been putting in good performance recently. And I do agree with Yannick by saying that maybe the LCR Honda do need to reinvent themselves. But I have gone with that Taka Nakagami goes... Alex Marquez stays and Ayogura moves up to the, the LCR seat because they need the Japanese rider. You know, they need it for the country the to get someone out there, promotion sort of thing. Yeah, I think it'll be Ayogura for sure. I think Daka is 
probably gonna go as unfortunate as it is. I agree with I stepping up. I see I were that sounded so weird when I just said just I um I think it's a 50-50. I see also why uh Anik said that Aron Kanet might step up. He's had a very solid season with that. Uh, I don't I just remember that I called him title sponsor Flex Bros instead of Flexbox. Um, <laughs> with the new team, he's done very well these past few races. I think he got a po- podium in both. Yeah. Let's see, look at the mango. Let's go. Yeah. Um, but or then Alex staying because also it's Honda and whether you want to admit it or not, like being, it's, I think both of it with Luca and Alex, like they have the privilege of being a brother of a ch- multiple world champion. Like it, whether you want it or not, it does come with privileges and it's perks. So I think, yeah, it's a 50-50. I, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think having the name, it brings attention. And I don't think either of, either, Alex Marquez or Luca Marini have their seat because of who they are. I think they have put the performances yeah, in. Definitely. Is, yeah. Definitely. But it's the family name that when you click on to MotoGP and you see, you know, Alex Marquez, you're like, oh, yeah, Marquez. And, you know, I get that. I get that indeed. I I do agree with Aaron Cannon, obviously being fantastic and putting good performances in. I just don't see him moving with Honda. It's not a matchup that I put together. To be honest, I, I would see it being one of the uh, Honda race, the what is it, Honda Asian, Anka? whatever team in, in oh, Moto2 yeah. it is. And they have Ayagura and Somkit Chantra. I would I would see them putting more energy into both of those riders than Aaron Cannon. To be honest, I made my predictions and I really wanted to move Aaron Cannon up. I just didn't know which team, so that was... The only team that was left for me, which can kind I, of made choice. I'm going to make you really happy with this one. Can we move on to Suzuki? Yeah, I think it's a good time to move on to Suzuki. Okay, so if if you're thinking about this, you don't know where else to put Iron Canlet, just hold that thought for a second. So I have already said that Mir will go from Suzuki if they don't step their game up this season, which so far it looks good, but you never know. I also think Suzuki, they're going to get rid of Alex Rins. I think they're going to get rid. Reinvention time down at Suzuki. But I think Jack Miller, the way that we have spoken about it, is without a seat at Ducati. I said he wouldn't be moved down to Pramac. He wouldn't take that step down. So I think Suzuki is going to sign Jack Miller. I then think the other Suzuki rider will be Aaron Cannon. I I don't know. Looking back at my predictions, though, I was quite conservative because I have a lot of teams where I just stuck with the lineup right now. I kept Mir in because, as I mentioned before, I think that Suzuki will step up their bike and give him a reason to stay. And for Alex Rins, I hope he will be more consistent this season. Mm -hmm. He 
crashes last. He, I mean, every time, not every time, but mainly when he crashed last season, he was actually running in podium contention. Yeah. He has great, well, he has better qualifying pace than John Mir, and he also has great race pace. So if he gets his crashes here and there, especially during the races under control, he could be. We, ha- we actually, that's a little shout out for our Instagram, but we made a post about if um, Alex Wins could be the number one rider in Suzuki. And we did a little comparison between both. And I think he has the talent to be great. He just doesn't have the consistency at the moment right now. And I hope that his consistency will improve this season. Well, yeah, I mean... If you have seen MotoGP Unlimited, it was very open and honest about saying that Alex Rins was brought into Suzuki to be the number one rider. And I do think he can fulfill that, but I wanted to, <laughs> to make a bit of a bold prediction, which is why I said they're going to get rid of both riders. But I 100% agree with you, Yannick. I think if he puts in a good performance and a good season, of course he'll stay. But I'm spicing it up a wee bit, and I think that if Mir goes and say Alex doesn't have a good season, that bringing in two great riders, like Miller, fantastic rider, race winner, I think he would really work with Suzuki. And if Ducati want Jorge Martin in the seat, it makes sense that he would make that step over to Suzuki, who are competitive. And then, like I mentioned before, I don't see Aaron Cannett moving up with Honda. I think Honda have their ties with their Moto2 team, but I could see him moving up with Suzuki because I think, he, again, he fits the vibe of Suzuki. I think him and Jack Miller would work really, really, really really well together. You've got a seasoned pro in the class and a rookie. I think it could be good. Yeah, I could get on board with the lineup form of Alex Wins and Aaron Canet, but I'm not sure if I would be too fond of Mir in Honda if that's the consequence. What about Jack Miller and Suzuki as well? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, you got rid of you got rid of Alex Wins. I forgot. I got rid of both of them. Yeah. <laughs> One's just like everyone I can go. How- I love how Lauren went, oh, I wanted to go bold. Like his, his, her Honda prediction wasn't bold enough. Yeah, no, I went bold throughout the class. I started very conservative, I think, with Ducati and Yamaha. And then I, I went a wee bit wild, to be honest. But there are things I'd love to see. And I don't want to, yeah. I th- but I've slotted Rins and Mira in other places. I don't want to see them leave the MotoGP paddock. Like, they're still going to be there, just not with Suzuki. <laughs> I know. Who do you have for Suzuki? Have you kept it the same? I, yeah, I was going to keep the same writers because I don't, obviously, for me, I had Honda kind of already slotted out and the place where it, like, Jean Mir has rumors if it's not like Suzuki, it would have been Honda. Mm-hmm. And also, I think. Suzuki would want to keep Jean Mir because obviously they won a championship with him. So, I mean, and they came still 
third this season. So even though if, if he wasn't com- even though he wasn't competing for the championship, it was still a good performance. And Alex, like Alex said, if he gets his crashing co- in control, he has a lot of potential. But does he have uh, like maybe rudely said? But the clock is ticking. Yeah, Alex. Bestie, get it together. I'm rooting for you sometimes, occasionally, (laughs) once a month. I have to say, I was, now that we're talking about Alex and crushing, I was a bit harsh to Alex Marquez because I think he is a good rider, but just going back to LRC for a second (laughs) because I feel a bit bad about what I said before. I don't take it back because it's true, but it was harsh. Okay, so... Again, I seem to be the one wilding here. I'm going to shock you one last time with our last team, Aprilia. I think Alicia Spagaro is going to retire at the end of the season. And I think that Maverick Vinales will stay. But I do think that's going to... I think he's going to have a problem with Aprilia in the future, basically, but not next season. So with Alicia Spagaro out... I think Alex Rins will go to Aprilia. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. I can't. Like, I do believe that Maverick will stay as well. Um, I also think that Alex will stay because he's had a strong season last year. He's on a good way to have another strong season. And I think now that he has put so much effort into the team, into the bike. Now that they have put together a bike that is at least midfield, it's a midfield bike. It's a good bike. It's not, if yeah. you're looking at what Aleix has achieved, like in the last two races or last season, he can do great performances on it. And I don't think that he just says, I've spent more than four years developing that bike, taking it to where it is. And now I'm just, peace out. I'm spending time with Laura and my children. I don't see that happening. See, that's where I differ because I think Alicia is going to have a fantastic year. I think he's going to take Aprilia's first win, which I think will be everything that Alicia has wanted. I think if he stands on the top step of the podium this year, he will have achieved his goals and exactly what he wanted to do with Aprilia. And I mean, he's been in the class for so many years. And these last, you know, few years with Aprilia, I've warmed to him immensely. And I think he showed that he's a fantastic rider because he is he has developed this Aprilia into a fantastic bike. So I'm taking the stand of is that when he has a good season this year, which I do think he will, he will take a race win. And I think he will. He will know himself that he's achieved his goals and we know he's a family man. And I think when he's achieved those goals that he knows it's time to, to step back as such. I'd love to see him maybe in the role of their test rider, development rider, you know, where we can maybe still see him making wild card appearances. But I just, I don't think it's, I think it's time for him to step aside basically. And I didn't want to get rid of Alex Rins, which is why I moved him to, over to Aprilia it makes sense I mean, to me 
we already had that alleged conversation in the Qatar JP yeah. review, I think. That's all, we already talked about it. I called you out on something. Yeah, but I've said this like I I have said before in the in the past that I definitely think Alicia Spagro needs to go, but I can't deny that he's got talent and he's definitely proved himself as a fantastic rider in the last few years, but there comes a time and I think his time has come and it's it's time to step aside. I maybe it's because Alex has been with Suzuki his entire career now in MotoGP, but I just can't imagine him wearing the Aprilia letters. Yeah. It's just an image in my head that I can't put together. I never thought I'd see Maverick Brunelles wearing Aprilia leathers either, but here we are. <laughs> I think I'm actually, I think Aleish might stay because like we talked, like he spent so much time developing that bike. He's not going to just give it up because of God knows what. Yeah. I don't know. I think if someone were to have an issue with Aprilia, it would be Maverick. <gasps> Shock. Oh, shocking. <laughs> no, I, th- I, I, this isn't silly season. This is just into the future prediction. I think Maverick and Aprilia will also have a fallout. I don't see it going well, considering his first two results of the season so far. We could see a repeat of some drama, but that's a conversation for another day, I think. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> So to wrap up this podcast, we put out a tweet yesterday asking people for their wildest silly season predictions slash rumors. So we're going to jump straight into it. The first one I have here is, I don't know if it's outrageous or not, but Bastianini is going to go to Pramac slash Ducati and get replaced at Grassini by a passport rider. I think with this one, we did talk about it a lot. We talked about it at length. So I'm going to keep this short in the sense that, yes, we could see Bastianini move. But in terms of a, a passport rider, now obviously we're taking that as someone who gets the ride basically because Dorna themselves want a certain nationality in MotoGP. I, I don't think Grissini would do that as a team. So I don't see this prediction happening and there's also plenty of other wasn't it Bastianini yeah yeah there's plenty of other Italians in the class yeah from VR for and like Fabio Di Giandino Antonio yeah. is They're Italian, Italian. Well, like the, <laughs> yeah it's the it's the Spanish party and the Italian party. Yeah. So I took passport riders. Maybe they're wanting like an American or something in, but I I wouldn't see why Grissini would be the team to do that. Yeah, I yeah. think Grissini is one of the least likely to take one. Yeah. Not to take an American on the team, but based on nationality, taking an American. Also, the only American that would make sense to move up would either be Cameron Bobier or Sean Dylan Kelly or Joe Roberts. Roberts. Joe Roberts. Uh, hello, but Joe no, Roberts. But none of these three are performing well enough that they would yeah. deserve 
the seat. And I don't think Grissini would just take them on just because they are American. Yeah. Okay. Swift move on. So, Jorge Martin to the Factory Ducati, Jack Miller in World Superbikes or Motocross, Bastianini in Pramac, leaving a place at Grissini for a possible Moto2 World Champion, a.k.a. Celestino Vietti, is what these people are saying. I want to see Jack doing motocross. Yeah. It would be, it would be quite funny. This one needs dissected a bit. Okay, so yes to Jorge Martin going to the factory team. Possibility of Jack going to World Superbikes or doing something different. Um, Bashanini and Pramac, again, we've talked about it loads. Um, but yeah, Celestino Vietti, I think, has a great shot of moving up next season for sure. Anyone else have any I think, opinions on that? I think that was a lot of predictions that we also said yeah. like Sela will move up you guys were thinking about uh, Bastianini to Pramac and all of us were like Jorge to the Ducati yeah. Lenovo team so I think yeah yeah okay next one I love this one wait till you hear this one if Fabio leaves Yamaha top rack goes straight to the factory team that makes more sense than your prediction. Yeah, I knew it does, but we all we already discussed my why I <laughs> think the top rack should go to RNF, but it's only based on the fact that I think Fabio will stay. I don't see him moving. But if in the off chance that one of either Fabio or Frankie Morbidelli decided to move from Yamaha, then yes, I think top rack will be the factory Yamaha rider. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I know that I once said to you that I'm convinced that Raul will be in the Yamaha factory seat by 2024 and you were disgusted by that Just not disgusted but more. you but you really didn't agree with me and hmm let's mm. just move Raul there so I can be right you can be wrong Okay, here's a bit of a controversial one. Fabio to Honda if Mark can't recover or Paul doesn't perform. Wrong. Wrong on so many levels. Can you just imagine Fabio Quattararo and Repsol Honda leathers? Mm -mm. I I think think we've seen them from from the Yamaha camp to the Repsol Honda camp before might have been with a bit of other routes as well but like obviously at the end of the day uh, Lorenzo went like started with Yamaha Jorge Lorenzo was riding for Honda before he even left Yamaha let's be real here folks (laughs) if you know what I mean (laughs) Yeah, Lauren can do a whole episode on the Spanish. Without bringing it up, but um, but I think it would be. I talked about it when we talked about Fabio. Like, if he leaves, I don't think he will leave for next season. Must be like it has to be a question of what if in the future if Yamaha doesn't get their yeah. bike together. I to be honest. If Fabio would leave Yamaha, I think that 
Repsol Honda would probably make the most sense. I can't see him going to Ducati, to any of the Ducati teams. He will definitely not go to Aprilia or one of the satellite teams. He will not go to KTM. I don't... The only teams that would still make sense would be Suzuki and Repsol Honda. So if he decides to leave, which I don't think, but if he does, the prediction could have some merit to it. I don't know. Mm. Okay. So (laughs) the next one is... Now, there seems to be a bit of a theme here. The next one is Toprak to Yamaha Factory. Jorge Martin to the Ducati factory team and then Jack Miller back to Pramac or World Superbikes. So stuff we've already heard before. So I think a lot of people are on the on the same page here. Ooh, this one here is actually probably my favorite one. I find this one really, really interesting. Um, Alicia Spagaro will retire and Paula Spagaro will take his brother's seat. Oh, when I read that, I just wasn't on board at all with that prediction no me neither <laughs> I do <laughs> think Alish I do think Alish will retire we all know that I've said that but I don't think Paula Spagaro will move to Aprilia that one doesn't make sense in my head well my predictions were both are staying where they are right now so yeah. <laughs> I don't see them doing the good old switcheroo of the teams but I don't know mm. I think Alesh retiring would be more likely to happen than um, Paul taking his seat going to Aprilia. I really can't see that happening. I mean, if he actually gets kicked out of the team, uh, there are just limited seats left. Yeah. So let me see. Next one here is, I'm not sure of any rumors, but I need Mark Marquez on a KTM. I have no clue where this is coming from. Why no, I... would... <laughs> no, I, <don't> <laughs> this. I was like, if I thought that Fabio Quattararo going to Honda was wrong on many levels, Mark Marquez at KTM? No, but, whoa. Mark Marquez did ride a KTM, I think, in Moodle 3. Did he not? No, he did ride with the Ayo team, but they were Derby sponsored or like Derby supplied back then. Ah, that would make sense. So it's Aki Ayo. I wrote about it before when I was talking about Pedro Picosta. Pedro Picosta? <laughs> I did write about it when I was talking about Pedro Acosta in an article that I wrote once and I was saying that Aki Ayo has nurtured a lot of riders and Mark Marquez was one of them back in the day which I think is why I got confused then as to whether or not he was at KTM but so he wasn't at KTM in his younger days so that makes even less sense to me why Mark Marquez would ever go to KTM Mm-mm, it's Honda till yeah, the and- death yeah exactly I feel like I mean actually wait see I might have maybe because I was going to compare him to uh, Danny Pedrosa who I think spent his whole career career with Repsol Honda right no yeah okay but look at him now he is a KTM test rider so I mean 
you never know. It's MotoGP can be a bit confusing at times. Uh, but being a test rider is something different than just taking an entire seat in KTM when you're used to. I know, but I'm up. trying to make sense of why people would say that. To the lonely person. <laughs> like to I'm the trying person. to see. No, to the lovely person who actually responded to us and gave us their opinion. Would you like to explain further? Just send us a message, send us a DM or tweet at us. I'll reply to this message and say to him, can you please elaborate on this one? <laughs> we are clearly very narrow-minded compared no, to your I'm broad so vision. Nah. So can... My predictions have been out there today. I'm not narrow-minded. No, but like I need some something to support this claim. Yeah, no, I have nothing yeah. to. And crickets are going off when I think of Mark Marquez and KTM. To be honest, um, I think that is all of them. The only one that I haven't mentioned was a lovely, <laughs> a lovely comment saying that Yuri Vips and Liam Lawson will take the AlphaTauri seats. I liked the comment because I was like, "That's funny." Um, I do agree with. Yuri and Liam moving up if we're talking about people who need an F1 seat it has to be Oscar Piastri but this conversation is for our own personal time what about <laughs> no what about Oscar Piastri Yuri and Liam Lawson to the GP yeah oh, we have free seats over here you guys can come with us I you think the only person seat. who would even be able to do a switch would be Lewis because he's I think he's the only one who even knows how to ride a MotoGP bike? He's tested, or he's tested. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Lando, I think, rode some bikes when he was kid, but I don't know. Yeah, he was a big Rossi fan. John, let's a big Rossi let's fan, pull a John Surtees. <laughs> we all know my thoughts on Valentino Rossi should have been at Ferrari, but but oh. we're off topic. We're off topic. So we just <laughs> wanted to thank everyone for leaving their comments with us because we loved reading through some of those pretty wild, silly season rumors. And I have enjoyed talking for nearly two hours about silly season rumors. But thank you so much for listening. We would love to hear your silly season rumors still. So if you listen to this podcast and have some of your own thoughts. Head on over to Twitter and let us know what you think about Silly Season Rumors and just tag us and we can have a look at them because we want to know what you guys think too. But like I said, thank you so much for listening. We will be back with a race review after next weekend when they are in Argentina, which I'm very, very excited about. But otherwise, just keep up to date with us on Instagram and Twitter at The Siding Lap and we'll talk to you guys really, really soon.